What's up, everybody? How you doing? Welcome back to the Punk Rock Review Podcast. Uh, to anybody that's on the Spotify app listening to this, thank you so much for checking it out on the audio version. Uh, that's something new, and uh, we're still trying to adjust, so just give us a little time to with you know growing pains and such, but we're trying to do a little less visual-dependent content and do a little more uh, for everybody. So thank you so much if you're joining us from on Spotify. But uh, yeah, I got Rob with me today. That's my my normal weekly co-host. I've got a lot of guests lately, but uh, Rob is my he's my rock man. He's my consistent. So uh, what's up, buddy? How's your day? Oh, my day's been good, man. It's been a good week. A little new setup uh, behind me, ready to just uh, talk about a fun band tonight. So yeah, man. If if you're not on YouTube, go check out YouTube and then go look at like one of our episodes from last week and older, and then look now. And his whole background is different. It looks awesome. I'm happy that you got some. I don't know. I don't know what to call it. Like it's, it feels good to set up your space the way you want it. And that's what I'm happy you were able to accomplish. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like you said, the personality, of course, if, if you're listening to this on audio, you could see, I got outcome the wolves and punk and Drublick behind me, sort of the, uh, the patron saints of most of what I talk about so, <laughs> right? by design. Yeah. No, that's, you're not even a little wrong. Uh, and then, uh, you should have a, package arriving in the next couple of days so nice. uh let me know if you have any questions about any of that stuff but yeah. um yeah man so for anybody that wasn't here last week we are going to cover a band that i've always liked but i've never been a huge fan of so i wanted to learn more about them and i don't say that in a disrespectful way i say that it's just mm. i was kind of ignorant to much most, most of their history but i liked their music in uh circle jerks so we did the Descendants last week, and we decided to start doing some legacy bands because we're going to see Descendants, Circle Jerks, and Adolescents, who we'll probably cover sometime in the near future as well. Um, they're on touring together, and so why not dig into them, learn a little bit about them? Because the Descendants, I was abs- I was actually like a, not a fan of their music very much, mm-hmm. and I have become a fan by doing this podcast, and I think that that's pretty spectacular, and I wanted to... Uh, I don't know. I want to learn more, and and it, dude, it's so impossible to a please everybody. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna try even to do that because it's just a fruitless endeavor. And I think that uh, I strive to just be the most knowledgeable, creative person I can be, and bring the most entertaining content to these platforms that I can bring. And some of that means that I have to go. Hey, I didn't really know a lot about this. Time for me to learn. And Circle Jerks was a good band. I had a couple of records and. Uh, that was about that. Uh, you know, being from Houston, I didn't see them play, but maybe once or twice. So, yeah, no. And I think if, if there's a band from that era that you could kind of miss, I think circle jerks are, are one that happens uh, for people. Cause they're just kind of in the shadow of a few other bands, even though they have their Correct. own uh, big legacy. Like I was even thinking about it. Like I, I like them more than I had realized um, as far as like how many of their songs, but I just sort of, I, I, I kind of lumped them in with Black Flag and some other bands yep. and Matter Legend and, and other bands that they are a part of and connected to. So sometimes they, they kind of fall through the cracks specifically. So it was good this week to be just Circle Jerks focused because they their tentacles do hit a lot of other stuff and I tend to get distracted with that other stuff. So that was fun to sort of live in that world uh, this week and, and think about them and listen to them. Absolutely. I 100% agree with that. And the thing is, is that that's that you said something that I was literally going to say, and you said that you liked them more than you realized. I, I liked them. I owned like, I think maybe two of the records that I actually owned. And then I'd heard mm-hmm. a bunch of their music just over the years. And like I said, I've seen them a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Um, for a band that's been around this long, only a couple of see them a couple of times is not a lot. They toured relentlessly for a long time. Yeah. But, um, you know, making it to Houston wasn't always the top priority for a lot of these bands. And, uh, you know, looking at it as a 42 year old, I'm like, oh, I get it. Like, you know, when I was a kid, I was always pissed. But as an adult, I understand completely. But uh, 
I digged, digged. I dug through their <laughs> discography. Uh, and you dug, and you and you dug it. You, you dig. Yeah, it. yeah. I, I, I did dig it. I do dig it. So I, but I did it twice. I did mm -hmm. it at the beginning of the week. So when we stop uh, on Tuesday nights after we decide what we're going to do the next week, as a general practice, I would wait until the weekend to start really diving into stuff. And I think that was uh not really serving the audience in the best way i could have and i didn't know, i didn't even realize it i thought i was doing fine and i was doing fine but i've seen a massive improvement in just two weeks in mm. my note taking my knowledge my memory because my memory is so poor that there was things about this band that i had already known that i forgot that i knew mm -hmm. so it was re you know reignited in my brain a little bit and i i don't know i'm very excited to talk about this band a little bit uh yeah so first off how how big of a fan were you of this band? What was something that you were aware of, or or, or were you just a? I was a surface level fan. That's what I try to call it, surface level. I, I liked their music. I had a couple albums. I don't think I ever owned a shirt or anything like that, but I, I did have a couple records. And I saw them live a couple times, and that was about the extent of my fandom. Uh, about that, although I was probably a little bit more aware of their history. Um, okay. Um, more so than you, but actually as, as a fan of their music, I would say kind of similar, like uh, the group sex album. I don't know if I've ever owned it, but I know like every song off of it. Um, again, it's only 14 minutes long, so it's not I was that, say it's very much, short, much to know. And, and basically those first three albums are pretty much familiar with just about everything on there and have listened to it throughout the years. But again, it's not, it's not something I go like, Hey, tonight's the night where I'm kind of in the mood for circle jerk. So that's what uh, I, I put on like, again, when I'm feeling that vibe, I generally, I go to damaged. I go to the adolescence. I kind of go right. around, around the circle jerks. Uh, for me, it's kind of funny to have had a bit of a mixed relationship with them because when I was like a teenager, I was kind of annoyed with them, to be honest with you. Like Keith was kind of annoying to me as a teenager, because at that point he was like the one guy in punk that was kind of like the old man yelling at the cloud. And circle yep. jerks were one of the first ones to still be around as a nostalgia act because all these other bands were like so far gone or like battle religion, the descendants were still current and like the circle jerks were just kind of, they're kind of like what fat Mike became like a few years later to like the next generation. And they, and I didn't find them particularly like smart or engaging the way I did like jello or these other guys. And then as I've gone on in the years and you know, you watch the docs, you, you hear, listen to the podcast, I find them to be very insightful, very interesting and kind of has a worldview that I can kind of relate to, but it just, it took a little while for me to kind of dig Keith in the way that I do. I just kind of didn't care for him as much. Um, as a youngster, so that did kind of uh, color my opinion of the band just slightly. I I couldn't agree more. I think that I had a very similar experience because I didn't get to see them live very much. I didn't know a bunch about their history, but I did. I read. I know I read a few articles. I saw him do some stuff with. Uh, man, I might be wrong here, but I think it might have been Matt Penfield. Mm. Um, way back in the, it might have been somebody else, but. Uh, he came the, off as kind of annoying, and yeah. so I was, I was very much like, "Ugh," and it, it was off-putting. So I didn't, I didn't want to dive into that band and become a big fan because I wasn't a fan of the frontman because I was a, I was young, and b, mm -hmm. I wasn't very patient. So like me sitting down listening to him and then like figuring out what he meant and why he was saying these things. Honestly, it's in hindsight, I don't think he was being annoying. I think he was like a kicked puppy. Like, yeah, he was well, like he was like an abused dog almost. Like he just had this rough time and some of it was self-inflicted mm -hmm. but some of it wasn't and he made some stupid choices and he made some great choices but like i think he just yeah. had kind of a rough go at it for a while that's a big part of their story is they're like they're almost like the first rock star band in punk in a lot of ways and they kind of embody a lot of that kind of thing even with the sort of overbearing frontman 
and that kind of stuff because like all those other guys that would have been like a contemporary over here is like a Darby Crash or even like a Henry Rollins. They have this other like Henry Rollins becomes like this mythical figure, this actor, Darby Crash. Right. Uh, you know, gone too young, the actual live fast, die young. And Keith just kind of hangs around as just sort of the old <laughs> mad and stuff. So it's, it's just kind of an awkward spot. And then their music doesn't connect in that mid period. Uh, so a lot of people just kind of don't like them. Like a lot of the guys that we like that really were obsessed with them early on, didn't like a lot of that mid period stuff um either so like i kind of had bought into that propaganda that everything after the first three albums was terrible like listening back to it no it is not it's actually uh i think kind of uh a precursor to a lot of other stuff that that came later but they they just kind of had a funky reputation in that way and again like oh i i knew you know greg hetson was in the circle jerks and i like that but like i also got greg hetson's in bad religion and I, and I like bad religion and you know right. I, I like keith and black flag like i've always said like i like the ep he was on like i told you a few months ago that's the reunion i want to see i wouldn't see keith play with like uh you know black flag that'd be a cool reunion but again i always kind of go to more to black flag and, and circle jerks are there but it, it's funny because they're so influential though too because everyone loves the circle jerks from a lot of different genres like listening to their music they're not that hardcore but yet these hardcore bands absolutely love circle jerks and are like will swear and swear and swear by them. I and it's like wow it's kind of because they're peers because they they were with the bands like the black flag they pioneer their sound so people just like that also though circle jerks are two different things circle jerks on record are one thing and then the Circle Jerks live show and what they produce there, their sound is almost different live and, and the musicianship and everything yeah. just changes. So it's two, I can it's agree two with that. Two different types of experiences. There's just, there's a lot to take in with a band that only has like four albums. Like it's just, it's just right. a lot. A this will album. probably be a fairly long episode, I would think. So what, okay. One of the things that I, I want to mention, I got two things to say real quick. One is that you just said you were surprised at hardcore bands, yada, yada, right? So when I was listening to them today, I literally came to the realization that the reason I didn't like them as much when I was younger, like strictly speaking about mm -hmm. their music, is because they were a hardcore band and not a punk band. And I just mm -hmm. didn't like that. I liked more melodic music back then. As mm -hmm. I get older, I like more lo-fi. I like more hardcore punk. I like, you know, yeah. my, my hardcore band back then was Minor Threat. That's what I listened to. Mm -hmm. Even though these bands sound super similar, back yeah. then I didn't think so. But they really do. and. I also want to point out something that I have been on record saying that I wasn't a big fan of that generation of mm -hmm. punk particularly. So I think it's substantial to note that I did own a couple of their records because out of all of those bands, the descendants, black flag, circle jerks, adolescents, I'd say it would go circle jerks is my favorite of the group still. And I think that probably adolescence is beneath that. Then descendants, then black flag. I'm not a black flag fan. Mm -hmm. I don't dislike black flag. I just don't, actively listen to them a lot i don't right. go like i'm not a big fan of them like mm -hmm. that's a, a ranking of four great bands not bands that i do and don't like so uh no mm -hmm. disrespect intended with that comment i um right i do think that that black flag's a good band it's just not my favorite but yeah i think it's it it it's something that needs to be noted that i did own their records when i was younger because i that was the one i liked out of the group of them but mm -hmm. i only owned uh wild in the streets and group sex and i and i probably listened to group sex five times what i did well in the streets like i listened to that album a lot even though in hindsight i think the other albums might be the better record i don't i don't know that's a they're very different yeah and that that's the thing is they just never release the same thing twice so there's not really like a circle right. jerk sound necessarily and i think uh, right that, that kind of hurts them because it, at least like okay black flag has damaged which i think it sounds like circle jerks because it's, it's there's a lot of shared dna in there <laughs> yeah um, yeah honestly well, we're and gonna talk about that in a minute too after after that is a lot of like the black flag sound 
and the sound that like they pioneered. And we talked last week, like the descendants suffered from this a little bit, but there's still a basic sound and a basic through line where every album, the circle jerks are kind of a little bit different. So there's no continuity. Like I don't, in my opinion, like I go the first album, the third album, then the second one, if I'm ranking those, uh, those first three and like, it's, it, it's like, Oh, the band, it's like the band, you know, what a thought would have got, would have progressed to, to wild in the streets instead of having that as the middle album and then having golden right. shower after that it's just odd and then the albums after that which again i think aren't as bad as as their reputation but it's just well, they're different again they're and then and then they tried to go completely off of that until they stopped trying you know when when they got to the 90s and stuff so they were they were always trying to do something but they were they tried really hard i guess i don't know if they tried like with too much effort or they yeah i don't know they, they, I think they, they got caught up in a lot of that because I don't know they, were, they were songwriters they, and that's my that's my point about it. They they were performance guys, and they had a few good stuff early. They oh, didn't have no. a prolific catalog of songs, and I think that's that's that that's where there you you can maybe knock them down a peg for some of these other guys. Um, I'm gonna bring up some of the songwriting stuff here in a little bit, but one of the things that I, I definitely want to point out is that after going back and listening to like all the material that I could listen to the past seven or eight days, mm. I. I think that their best album is probably Wild in the Streets, but my favorite is Six. Mm, like that's a good one. Well, when I was listening to it without looking and I was just listening, every single time I went, damn, it's a good song. And I looked down and I was like, oh, that's wild. I didn't realize it was gonna be on that album. That happened to me like seven times, dude. It was ridiculous. So that record is probably my favorite one. But well, I do think Wild in the Streets is just pure, unadulterated wonderful hardcore punk what, and it's what's hard to top that what's the one people don't like the i mean uh i mean uh group sex sorry yeah Do what? yeah what's the one before six the one people don't like wonderful uh, wonderful and see that's the thing i think six suffers because wonderful is like the one that people really don't like it and part of it is like yeah the packaging the cover uh the cover's that, so dumb that kind of stuff. It's, it's just a, it's a different vibe and six is actually kind of more of a return to form in a lot of ways it's like a slower version of the early stuff and again those yes. albums those albums sound like a lot of the stuff we like, but like nobody, but I don't think they influence the stuff we like. They just kind of sound like, like, because <laughs> think about it. They're circle. Jerks are kind of a missing link. Like we talk a lot about how like bad religion took the black flag stuff and they took that and then they turned it right. into like suffer and all that. Well, the band that kind of did that maybe a little bit before, but with a little less like focus to it was circle jerks. Cause circle jerks were like a more melodic black flag and stuff. And if you look at those albums that came out in the mid eighties, they're a little closer to suffer. They just don't have like that great drum sound and that's all well, that stuff that makes. Okay. So that's, good. that's the thing. And, and watching these interviews with Keith, I, I, they absolutely weren't trying to be black flag. They were trying to be more groovy than that. They were trying mm -hmm. to be more melodic. They wanted to play more rock and roll than they did necessarily. Like they, I mean, they just happened to be punk rockers. So they played it yeah. the punk rock. You know, Keith was like Lars kind of in that he absorbed a lot of like culture and stuff, but punk yes. was the way he, he expressed. And then the musicians, they would just take them from everywhere. They had they had a bunch of different types of musicians within the yeah. band doing like the punk thing. It was really Hetson and uh, uh, Keith. Keith are the are the punks kind of. And then they right. sort of acquire everything else, you know. Well, I, I mean, listening to Keith talk. Ow, shit, sorry. Listening, <laughs> listening to Keith talk. Uh it was interesting to just listen to the guy. I, I got, I got, I got a couple of funny things I want to tell you. I got, dude, you're, this is the way that the last few weeks of our podcast things that we're going to talk about are kind of reconvening here is so hilarious to me. <laughs> I wonder if you know what I'm talking about. Do you? 
so either from the descendants or the guitar episode um <laughs> oh, the guitar episode. yeah i mean that was kind of the the thing that changed it all <laughs> so okay well let's just let me just pull up my notes real quick and i'll just start talking about things that i wrote down and we'll, we'll go we'll go this way okay um and then if you want to go off on a tangent of some kind or a topic of some kind please just yeah. let me know we'll absolutely do that yeah. so one thing i wrote down at the very beginning of listening to all this, I put punk rock was so incredibly different when these bands were coming up. No internet. The tours were harder in every aspect. Um, just it was harder to be a punk rock band back then. And on top of that, Keith Morris was a hot mess. He was a drug addict and an alcoholic in the middle of all this. And he made some pretty wild decisions. I mean, to quit Black Flag was... I mean, I didn't realize that he had quit Black Flag. I thought they mm. kicked him out. Apparently yeah, he, 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 he got he got impatient with them. Yeah, that's nuts. Because in an interview, the guy goes, uh, "So why'd you quit Black Flag?" And this is like an old interview from like the '90s. And he goes, "Because I'm stupid." And I was just <laughs> like, "You know what? Like, I love that he said that." And like. I have a lot more respect for him for being able to say because I'm a freaking idiot. I think he might have said I'm an idiot. It's either I'm stupid or I'm an idiot. But one of the but I was like, it was so charming for him to be so blunt and honest about that because who wouldn't regret that? Like, let's be real. Who wouldn't be like, oh, I wish I hadn't done that? Although we get two great bands out of it instead of one, so I'm okay with it. Yeah, and we ended up like like here, here's what's funny about that because oh, there, there, there's just, there's so there's so much to that. Um, but one, it's like he leaves and it, and people think like he passed the torch to Henry. And people don't realize like Rollins was a no. fan. Rollins was a fan of Circle Jerks. It was Ron uh, Ron Reyes that comes. Yep. To who's the other Black Flag singer? I kind of like a lot. Of, like that. Those first three <laughs> singers are all really good. Like th those are all cool versions of like Black Flag in that early part. Um, he has something else though, uh, as you said, of, of the decisions uh, that that he made and so it. And it should be like noted their fame. A lot of that early stuff, like they they were able to profit a little bit on tour because they got big off of the decline of Western civilization, the film Correct. That really benefited them. So that's well, a great, great film, but a lot of the bands like kind of died right after that film came out. Some of them literally like in the case of the germs where the circle jerks still had like their full touring life ahead of themselves. And so like that movie would get big in college towns. So it's like, Oh, a band from that movie is coming. So it was, it was almost like the movie was attracting people to their shows. Right. Well, you know how the what was that lady's name that filmed that movie? Hold on, it, I've got it written Penel down. Penelope uh, Spears or Spears. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. So she reaches out to Keith Morris and she's like, "Hey, I want to film Black Flag for this movie, but I only want to do it if you're doing vocals." And he's like, "Well, they're not going to go for that, but I'll ask them." And that's how the Circle Jerks got in is because she was a fan of Keith Morris more so than a fan of the band Black Flag. Mm -hmm. I can't even remember was Black Flag was in that movie. I haven't seen it. In yeah, years. yeah, they they they're in that with Ron Ray. And so so to the to oh, the they extent, are in there with Ron, aren't they? Yes. To the extent yeah. that I'm probably a Ron Ray that I always say I'm a Ron Ray. So like, why is it like there's the one EP, but it's because of the F word documentary and because of the decline. That's right. The, yeah. That's the Black Flag singer in both of those. But that's interesting because it talks about the church is where all these guys, yeah, uh, all these guys congregate, which is thought of generally as the black flag house you know it's interesting very, very much on that dock but, you th but so you have like jim Lindbergh who takes the job at 7-eleven that's right across from the church yeah so, yeah so he could, he could uh, see civil church he could see descendants of oh black flag wish i was them. in california in the go. 80s bro like so bad if me and you could have just been born like in the same hospital like in like 1978 mm -hmm. in california somewhere and just been friends and 
met up and skateboarded and just been in anywhere near any of that, bro. Like, obviously, I'm one of my life right now is amazing, so I'm not tripping. But like, <laughs> dude, like if I could also have an alternative, you know, parallel life that I could live, it would be that kind of thing, bro. I mean, just well, the guys, stories these guys have is so yeah crazy. To, cr- to create it like that, like again, to yeah. Just- like they they were really just doing like they weren't doing anything spectacular. They were just doing like Battle of the Bands, if you really think about it. Like they're just doing stuff that like we <laughs> right. all did, but like they were the first ones to do, it, and it was like interesting and it was considered scary. And they were literally right. on the gang lists in the city, and so they were like there was so something crazy. Gang, which attracted more attention and brought more on them. Like it was, uh, yeah, perfect time. Like if you're in if you were into punk and look at like Keith is going to get interviews on Docs forever. Like if you were part of that scene, you are sort of kind of golden you're you're a made guy like in the underground right you know yeah he's got i mean he's got the uh that rancid song live forever bro it's like written about guys like that like it's exactly what it is dude like like uh, like you you either die at 20 in the genre or you live to be like a thousand it's it's crazy right dude i was thinking about that listening to him talking about uh i don't want to be 43 and i was like oh buddy (laughs) like you're definitely two decades older than that. He, like he, he needs to update. I don't want to be 89. <laughs> dude, right? <laughs> dude, I had so much fun getting to know this guy. I really want to talk to him when I see them in a few weeks. I'm going to see what I can do about like getting somebody on the show. Like I got some really lofty goals here in the next couple of months. I don't know if I'll be able to meet any of them, but I'm going to try to get some really cool people on this channel. Um, I thought it was interesting that, that between him and Greg that they uh wait, Greg, right? Hetson? Yeah. Yeah, Hetson. Bro, I, yeah. I keep forgetting that guy's name for some reason. I've well, known well, about that well guy we always we life. always say Hetson because in Bad Religion there's two Gregs. So you, you always that's right. Oh, that's Hetson. what it is. It's because I was that's, that's exactly what I was getting mixed up yeah. in my head. I was getting Greg Graffin mixed up. Anyways, yeah. between those two guys, they literally admit more than once, dude. I watched a lot of stuff on these dudes. They literally admit to stealing music and or lyrics from other bands, and then they're not really sure why people are pissed. And I mean, like, I put down here, it's very odd when they wrote the music, but it's already under the banner of another band. So is it strange to think that that's okay? Yeah, like, so, again, the the one I always think of is Wasted, because that's the one that's that's yeah. on Damage, and that's on that's on both that's albums. That's the most, that's the biggest one. And it's, and, and like, so Keith says, well, we always reworked him. Cause there's, there's like a part of six pack that's on, that's on uh, there. There's a lot of pieces of black flag songs where you can say, okay, pieces yeah. of riffs. That's, that is one thing, but that's literally wasted is literally the same song that Keith said, well, I wrote, so I took it like as like intellectual property with me. I don't really think, I don't know. Like, I, I well, don't so, know who, okay. who owned that. I don't know. Like that's like the band question. owns that because, okay. Let's say the guy that did the Green Day Dookie mural suddenly wanted to be like, well, I painted that. So, like, I'm going to take that and give it to this band now and they can have it. Sorry, dude. It's not how that works. And I'm not trying to dog on Circle Jerks. I mean, I honestly think it's kind of funny they did that. But, but like, didn't, uh, but what came out first, though? What what was, well, no, there's like, I don't know, like, who put it on vinyl first? Uh, I well, guess he did, he, well, no, he, well, no, he did it with Black Flag. I guess he put it out with Black Flag, so it was yeah. Song. Well, not was, only that, but it, like it wasn't Keith's song, I guess, at that point. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, as soon as the band plays it live as a original track, in my yeah. opinion, if you've got anybody that can say, "Yeah, witness that," that's your song, man. And like, you know, I had a lot of stuff that I did with Crow's Feet and Framed, and if I took those guitar leads and gave them to somebody else and said, here, we can play this band now and you can use Halston's music. 
I don't know that he would be mad enough to like sue me, but he would be very unpleased, I would imagine. So and he I, should, and he should yeah. be. And I don't think that's there, There's instances of that. So like uh, the, the band I'm wearing today, Metallica, The Bridge to Creeping Death, Kurt Hammett brought it over from Exodus. But I think it was still his kind of noodle in Exodus. It's just the rest of the band had heard it, and that it, it wasn't a part of one of their songs. It wasn't what like one of their songs they were playing that he brings right. over and then turns into this big you know radio hit over here. That's that's <laughs> a little be, bit different. Uh... Yeah, but Keith bringing in the exact and not reworking it that much. Although I do like no, the black flag. Ver- I like the black version better. I like the black flag version better. Because just the way that uh, I was a burnout. I was a yo. Junkie. I do I was too. Out of my head. I, li- I like. I just like the, the way like they the do it. Black flag version too. Then the and and again, if if the black flag one never existed, I wouldn't necessarily think anything was wrong about the circle jerks one because that one is fine. But it would just be another circle well, no. jerks song. It stands out. Cause I'm like, oh, that's not that's not the way that goes, and that's not as good, and right? Because I, I like that version a little bit better. I will say this though, that back then. The only thing that I say that absolves them of being like complete assholes is that back then they were still kind of like working out the rules of being in a punk band. So they mm. were like, hey, man, there's only so many people that can do this. Uh, I don't know if they're even going to do that song anymore. I don't know if they're going to play those, that album. I don't know if they're going to do that. I don't know if they're going to be a band anymore. Well, what, yeah, what so, did punk even mean? Because like the one band would have five different lead singers and four different. Right. Yeah. So, so I know I, I agree with it. So that's why it's like, we're looking at that through modern eyes. We're, yeah, no, we're all at that hindsight here. This is all through, through guys my owning, shoulder, like yeah, owning catalogs and like Van Halen guys suing each other and stuff like that. It's kind of how we're looking at it. And I like you know, I I, I I'm, I'm in a very great area on it. I just wanted to bring it up because I thought it was interesting that that no, happened it, because I don't it's know. Funny. Yeah, it's it just, is very funny. Well, it, Greg it, it's, it's interesting. Keith seems to be kind of upset by the whole situation. He seems to be a little defensive while Greg laughs about it. At least yeah. what I saw. What yeah, I saw. well, I think I think Greg's had more success generally, though, so it's a little easier for maybe, for maybe, yeah. Like, okay, that was you know, for for, so, for for Greg, it's more of a youthful thing. Where for Keith, it's his whole life is kind of circle. Right, that's a good point. That's a very good point. Uh, I do want to bring up uh, this these two points again, real quick, just because I wrote them down in this order. That mm-hmm. I put Keith has the abused puppy dog aura about him. I'm not saying it's good or bad. It's just an observation that he really seems to have this like hey man stop kicking me type thing about mm-hmm. him and i used to look at it as like snobby and annoying almost mm-hmm. but in, in in reality it's more like he might just need some friends like he, he was kind of hard to get along with and mm-hmm. uh he was a mess with some you know addiction issues and things and so i think he needed guidance probably wouldn't have given us the great music we got but as a human being, I think that's what he needed more than anything. And and that you can tell by him talking about it now because he still has this, like, even now, like, he's 65 years old. He's like, yeah, you know, we didn't really get the respect that we deserved. And you're like, well, you kind of did, man. You're like, you're a fucking legend. What are you we're, talking we're, about? We're literally talking about you on a podcast in 2024. Like, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, he still lives back then, kind of. Yeah, and it's not bad, dude. We all we all peak at some point and live. Well, it's, it's got to be hard too when you see like like Henry doing what he did, or even the guys in your own band Hudson doing what they did, and you were just kind of you know you never able to break out of that, and you were you were literally the guy in Black Flag before any of them were like, that's, dude. Yeah, it's got to be something. So I found out I found my note where it says I love that Keith says he left Black Flag because he was an idiot in quotes. <laughs> uh, being oh. self aware, I said being self aware even in hindsight is important to me. So I'm able, and I'm able to admit when I'm wrong, 
or that I made a mistake. So I appreciate when other people can do the same thing. And so I look at that as a positive, although funny thing. I, I do appreciate that he was able to be like, cause I'm dumb, man. I can't believe I did that. And they, they, they admittedly sold out several times that every time Keith, Keith didn't try to like hide it of like, no, we're trying to make some money here. Like if there's something about that, I very much respect too, because that used to piss me off because whatever he'd be kind of talking smack about warp to her kids, I'd be like, dude, look at you and all this stuff you're doing. And then I was like, oh, he doesn't pretend like he's not part of the same hypocrisy too. Like I didn't really connect that dot with him. You know, he's like, I, I think that, yeah, dude. <laughs> Yeah, he, he's just a he's a very uh complicated person so, Did, someone say thank god he podcasts were discovered late in his life and he couldn't have been on him for the first 20 years or oh something like man that. yeah dude that would <laughs> he, be he likes to hear himself talk a little bit he does his, his, his way the way he talks is interesting too because he has this like real drawn out like talk and but i don't like, really understand there's like glasses and he's squinting and mad the whole time, but he also kind of sings like that too. So it's yeah. Yeah. yeah he's yeah. Uh, I, I kind of love him now. Though. We did, like, yeah. We're, really... yeah we're, we're clowning on him because he's a character. He's, he's very much a character of punk. And like for me as a kid, that's all he was for a little while. was just kind of that guy. That's well, yeah. And as I get older, I, I, I realize what I am that hard. guy. Well, yeah. <laughs> partly. What it is. Yeah. Uh, did Greg, him joining Circle Jerks is that what caused some like rifts or slowdown in the progress of Bad Religion? No, it's it's before. No, it. yeah, okay. It's, it's, you got it. You got it. I wrote that as a question because I wasn't sure. I heard it's, something about it, but I couldn't the, find the spot that I heard it, so I couldn't re-listen it, to it. So it's actually the other way around. Oh, so as the eighties go on, he starts to, and, and and what it was is that they just kind of weren't active enough at the time. I think Keith was kind of getting a little, little lazy, and and Hudson wanted to play, and he started hooking up with uh with the with uh, Greg specifically. Okay, a and and bringing him in to to meet Brett and all that. And as that was taking over, literally eighty nine comes. He never like Hudson never really leaves the Circle Jerks. He does for like a little short period, but he never really does. He just get, gets more and more into bad religion and, and other stuff. And as I've, I've told you about before, the <clears> contrast <throat> is of bad religion with tour in that era as bad religion featuring Greg Hetson of the circle jerks. So yeah, that's know, pretty at, interesting at that point being more famous, but it was the commitments of bad religion. So finally, I think it was 1994 uh, where they basically, when bad religion signed to Atlantic was like, okay, now okay. basically I got a full-time job here as you know as part of this thing and so i don't i don't remember if they replaced him at that point or if that, that was like one of their hiatuses but that was that was the final breaking point was uh was bad religion yeah interesting so i just had it backwards okay um i like the fact that keith was not only okay with but supporting of uh reyes replacing him mm -hmm. in black flag I, I like his attitude about that. I think that a lot of people could be very salty about that whole scenario because even though they're the one that made the mistake, because mm -hmm. I mean, you make a mistake, that doesn't mean you're not going to be salty about it. Like that's yeah. actually the whole problem sometimes is that you're like, well, dude, you're the one that did this. You don't have the right to be salty. And I think that he took that in stride. And I, I like that he he said that he was a fan of the kid and that Ron would sit outside practice with a six pack of beer, just drink the drink the beer. And he already knew all the songs. So when they needed a vocalist, they were like, all right, kid, come on in. Like, and it just kind of slide him in the slot and we got this new singer. And I think that's pretty awesome. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, and as, as you said, it was, I don't think it was always like that personal back then too, because it was, it was this new thing that, that they're creating. And, and it's funny about that because it's not like Keith tries to pretend like 
he, he's he, he's i'm not that bitter about the black flag thing i always get the impression like he he has more of a he takes it in stride as you said well yeah he's, he's more just like man i'm an idiot like and he knows he, that, that he had he had that choice and it's not it's also too like by comforting it's not like he would become a millionaire in black flag either he just right would, would hold more legendary status now like the reason why rollins probably gets to live the life that he lives is not necessarily from black flag it's from being an actor it's from his speaking engagements for all this other yeah stuff. he got but that, he got that stuff he was from, in black flag yeah, yeah. But yeah, he also got it because he was this huge yoked up monster of a man. Keith was not, so yeah, I don't think Keith, Keith would have gotten the same opportunities that Henry yeah, Rollins got. Yeah, Keith, Keith's kind of built like us. Well, also, yeah, a little bit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> also, if you look at Henry Rollins like as a person, and then look at Keith as a person, they are you can't get more different, man. Mm -hmm. Henry Rollins will go take some weird trip to some remote place and just sit by himself for months. Keith has to be like in the city. Like he wants to be around the music, around the people. He also wants to talk about everything. And like, like you say, he likes to talk and I'm very much of that ilk. So I can't really complain. So yeah, he's very into culture in that way. And that's that, true. That, yeah. That, and that's, you know, he's a, he's like an LA kid. I think in that truest sort of, of sense. So he said something at one point and I don't remember what video it was on or what, what interview it was on, but he said, if you're in a band and you're not having fun, you better be making tons of money. Otherwise, it's just not worth it. Boy, I tell you, truer words have never been spoken because the whole point of the band is to have fun, right? Mm -hmm. So, okay, what's the only reason that you would stay in a band that you're not having fun in? Well, sometimes it's obligation. You feel obligated to do so. But the only real reason to do it is if you're making money or you're having fun. Those are the mm -hmm. only two reasons to be in a band. And you can tell that that's something he genuinely believes. I feel like if that band had gotten to where he hated being in the band, even if they were making money, he would have bounced. Yeah, ab absolutely. Because he kind of cares about doing things his way. Like, like very, very much. Even like the Sally Down stuff, that was on, always on his terms um, and, and, and his way of doing it, as, as you said, like, um, you know, beat, beat of his own drums. That, that's why he was always destined to be at the level that he's at to be more legendary right. and, fam and famous than he is like rich, you know, and that's just right. Well, that, yeah, absolutely. I think that, yeah, dude, he's one of them all time. Great. Like weirdo guys that you're like, you're like, Oh man, I work at this record store and this dude comes in every Friday and like talks to me about all these bands he was in. And you're like, Oh, who is it? And you're like, I don't know. His name's Keith. He's got these long dreadlocks. You're like, Oh shit. I know that guy. It's kind of like in Houston. I don't remember his name, but there's a guy from that band that hates. Mm. Have you ever heard of them? That sounds very familiar. Dude, they've been around. They're probably the biggest old school band from Houston. But this dude would ride around on a moped. And I mean, for maybe 20 years, I would see <laughs> this guy riding around town with this big red mohawk on this moped. I'm talking, this dude must have been in his mid 50s, still had that big ass red mohawk. Uh, <laughs> and he was just—he was like the same, but he wasn't as like uh, yeah. manic and mousy as Keith Morris. But he had the same vibe about him. Like that's the guy that I want to hear the stories from. Like that's the guy. He may not be rich and famous, but he's very much legendary. He's very much uh, iconic. He's a cult icon, you know. Well, and I think that that might be like the big gift that Keith gave, aside from the music for the Circle Jerks, is that fact that he can talk. So a lot of people have learned a lot about punk from him. From him, from all the very true. All that stuff, and as you said, like 
he is once once if you're not if you're a little less defensive on what he's saying he's a great storyteller and that's why he, he says stuff so like elaborately and stuff he's just very yes good at, he's very good at that and when you when you kind of appreciate for his craft of that um you you see kind of the value he has in that role um that they have it's funny it sounds like we're talking like we're being so negative about the circle jerks it's not that it's just they're they're a complex kind of band because they're, they're run by complex people and it's uh it's funny because they're a band that that's not very prolific, but, but they have this kind of legend. So we have to sort of tease out why, what is about this? Cause anything we might find annoying or off-putting is also part of what makes these guys tick and what makes them interesting and all that as well. Well, I like to say this, man, a lot of people will listen to things that I say in videos or reviews of songs or something, and they will go, Oh, you were talking shit on, or you were hating on, or you don't like, and I'm like, bro, you weren't listening. Because most of the time, I'm just giving an observation. The problem is, is that in this day and age, a lot of folks want to hear you say, this is amazing, this is amazing, this is amazing. And if that's not what you said, hey. you're hating on something. And it's yeah. like, no, all I said was, uh, or let's use something like Blink-182 as an example. They have a very large group of people that are fan, uh, they have a very large fan base, excuse me, mm-hmm. and a large portion of that group aren't into anything other than blink as far as pop punk's concerned. Right. So if you're me and you go, yeah, man, blink One Eight Two is not punk. They're barely pop punk. Their last five records haven't been pop punk. Uh, but I like them. They're good. They're good rock and roll band. People get so upset about that. And I'm like, dude, I didn't say that they sucked. I said, they're not a pop punk band. Like that's not disrespectful. It's not wrong. It's not mean, but these people. So, you know, you know, people might take some of the stuff we're saying as negative, but I don't think we've said very much negative at all. We're just kind of laughing and kind of wishing we could hang out with the dude. Honestly, it's what I feel like we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, that's exactly what I, I feel like. Like when you talk about a friend, but you're not really talking crap about him, it's like, hey, you know, Bob, you know, and he does this and that. That's kind of like what we're what we're doing because Keith has kind of been in our lives as punk rock fans for a long time. Keith is one of those kind of omnipresent uh, kind of kind of figures, and he's not he's not quite as legend. It's, he's not from as from on high. Like some of these other guys, like when they speak, like he's just kind of always around. Like I, right. I think, like in the, when he was on the Warped Tour, so he's just he's not in a big famous band. So like people talk to him, people have you know <laughs> have him on podcasts and stuff. He's not that. Famous. It's weird because that band should be that big and famous. It's like when Bad Religion opened for Blink One Eight Two. I was genuinely offended by that, but they weren't as big a band. But it's like they to me they were. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like Circle Jerks to me they're bigger than all the bands on the Warped Tour. But I'm just uh, old guy. And yeah. So, and it's and it's but, funny because like yeah, none none of, none of them kind of exist with, without the guys like like that without that generation uh specifically and and we we kind of started a few weeks ago going through like the Offspring and those kind of bands and we've gone through Pennywise when you hear a lot of this stuff and you you just realize the influence that that specifically had on that generation right of, uh, of the kids the, the, all that early '90s stuff that got really really mainstream. They were really into to these guys. And some of the docs talk about that. And pretty much every band that was around tried to go into a little bit of a revival in like the early 90s. Everyone but the Descendants, as we talked about last week, because suddenly, again, Nirvana is the biggest band in the world. And a few years later, right. Day comes along and they, they are all basically citing this same pool of bands that were like the bands that they were obsessed with. Or in the case of like Nirvana and the Chili Peppers, actually in some of those bands, you know, there, there's there's a little run of Flea in Circle Jerks that I had completely right. forgotten. I always think of Flea being in fear, but I forgot he had the little bit of the run, you know, in the circle jerks as well. So you, you no, have that bit of, of connection. A legitimate punk rock OG, dude. Like that guy's red. 
Um, so before we go any further, I have some things I want to say, but uh, yeah, I had never heard the lyrics to Californication like with like in front of me, like read them as they sang them. Oh, yeah. Bro, that's a dark song. Uh, man, oh my goodness, dude, so dark. And then, uh, damn it, I lost something I was going to say that was funny too. Shit, it is what it is. So, okay. Wait, why, uh, were you in a situation where you had to do a deep dive on Californication? I, I want to know slightly. No, it here. came up in a, a video and I could, I, my hands were covered in food and I couldn't touch my phone. Oh, so, so you're just I trying to, to, yeah. I, had, I was stuck with it. That's legitimately what happened. Yeah, no, I, I mean, um, whatever. If you did, I, I just, hate I, that band. I just, I don't see you and, yeah, I just don't see it. No, I'm not, a, I'm not a fan <laughs> of that band at all. Oh, I was going to say, I feel like Keith is the kind of guy that if he was to see this video, would absolutely take me up on my offer to be on the show. Yeah, Keith. I, I would be, yeah, dude, if you see this, buddy, like, the punk rock review at gmail.com, hit me mm. up, and I promise you, I will take a day off work if I have to. Um, but, uh, and, and, I, and I don't mean that, I, this, I mean that with respect. I think respect, that he's the kind yeah. of guy that would sit down and talk to somebody and go, oh, you're a fan of the music. Cool, let's talk. And I would love to just pick at his knowledge a little bit and learn some more stuff that I didn't get to learn listening to this previous interviews and things. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I'm a different person than the people that talked to him before. So I might have something that I would ask that would be connection. And yeah. yeah, So uh, he said at one point that group sex was world changing for him. It allowed the band to do real tours for a change. And he figured, he said, I figured he'd have the, uh, let's see. Oh, I figured he'd have the pool for touring just based on who he was. But, you know, times were different back then. It's much easier to do now, and it's still a pain in the ass, you know. Right now, I'm even having to help poppers by being their manager for the time being so that I can email clubs and go, hey, I run, I, I work with this band, and we're trying to get them on a – dude, we're talking about some little small club in Atlanta. It's, it's wild that these people think that they need from mm-hmm. a band to just book a show. But I, I would have thought that – he would have had a big enough name by the time that album came out to, to be getting some good tours. But he says otherwise, he said that he had a hard time doing tours and stuff until that record came out. Well, you got you got to think about the size of the scale of punk rock generally though, too, at that point, I think that's what it is. Cause it may be, you may be a legend that's in Southern true. California, but what does it matter in Nebraska? You know what I mean? That's a or, great point. Oh, you know, so that's, that's, that's a little bit more difficult. And then remember, so they get they get fame off of the, like the decline and that kind of thing, but they also literally get banned in places just right offhand. Like it's also hard to literally book punk shows specifically. Whereas I think yeah, nowadays, they were wild. Yeah, you're dealing more with just booking. Like there's there's not there's not a lot of difference between like the guy that books like the casualties and the guy that books I don't, some other like indie band that's basically at that level. They're basically just dealing with the same people. And there's a few other little differences, but it's not that different. Whereas you know booking of the punk band. It was a whole different thing back then, and no one had ever done it either. That that's also the thing is you just the, the networks didn't necessarily exist the way like these guys created yeah. a lot of these networks. You know, they I guess a lot he of the was times, they were like the first band, the first punk band that probably ever played at some of the places they went to. You know, that's a good point. I never really thought about it to that degree. I I, was, I just thought like, man, he was in Black Flag. He's freaking Keith Morris. Like, yeah, that matters in 2024, but maybe not in 1990 or 1986 or 19 whatever. Shit, what time, what year did uh, Group Sex come out? 1980? 79, 79 or 79, 80. so so like before I was even born. 
So I mean, like eighty, yeah, eighty. Okay, so nineteen eighty. So like, yeah, dude. They, people are like, who? What is this band though? What's their yeah, name? Yeah, like, yeah, the like, Ramones break in nineteen seventy-seven or seventy-six. Like, so it's not even that far after that. After, you know what I mean? Right. So, so it's still it's still in its infancy. Like a lot of this stuff is still kind of on the tail end of that first run. It's in, all the way back to the seventies, you know, where we're not even. This is even our bands, the guys we like to talk about, No Effects and Pennywise. They're more the eighties bands that they sort of germinate. In right. The 80s. You know, these bands germinate in the seventies and pop. Uh, you know, in the eighties. All right. So, I was at a grocery store, mm-hmm. walking around, listening to this guy talk while I was doing some grocery shopping, okay. and I had to stop my cart mm-hmm. and pull out my phone giggle rewind it about two minutes and start typing furiously so i could type all this out and this is what i wrote so (laughs) chuck berry got up on stage and played with the circle jerks oh shoot no 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 no. yeah so okay okay you're legitimized now (laughs) yeah i know right so i wrote down that with a question mark a dot a dot a dot an exclamation point and then another question mark and then i put in all capital letters fuck yes vindication and uh so keith says in quotes chuck berry created the template if you're a punk guitar player and you don't have any chuck berry in some somewhere in whatever you play then you're not really a guitar player <laughs> dude your face is so good right now and uh and, and then i put man i am now a absolutely huge fan of the circle jerks and greg hetson uh, more than I already was, but he says that that night, uh, basically he goes to a club to play, and the club owner's like, "Hey, there's there's this guy that wants to play with you guys," and he he's like, "Who?" and he goes, "That guy," and he points over there, and it's freaking Chuck Berry, and so Chuck <laughs> Berry's like, "Yeah, man, I want to hang out and play with y'all," and he he gets up on stage, plugs in, and I don't know all the details, but he plays with the Circle Jerks, hops down, Chuck's deuce. And then the Keith says that the club owner come up to them at the end of the night and said, Chuck Berry wanted me to let you guys know that y'all are one of the greatest rock bands he's ever seen. Uh, and then Keith said that's the best compliment that he that he's ever gotten, even more than when Joe Strummer said he really appreciated his body of work. And I can't tell you how happy that that made me, dude. Like every single molecule in my entire body was like giddy and happy. And and then I wrote, I need to get Keith on my show somehow. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. And and I need to to resign when that happens. Because... Dude, man, I couldn't. Dude, when I tell you the amount of shock that I felt. Oh my god! When I heard, dude, when I heard that specifically because you hated both of my picks for the most part, and yeah. then the 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 audience liked the Brian Setzer portion, right? And I was like, okay, cool. I can I'll take 50 I'll take half. And then, uh, but they really didn't care about the Chuck Berry part. But I was stood firm, and I was like, "No, dude," because like, listen to Lars, dude. That's Chuck Berry, man. And then when he said that, dude, I was, I was, I was laughing audibly in this grocery store, bro. I was laughing my butt off, dude, cracking up in this grocery store, literally standing in front of a bunch of rolled oats, standing in front of oatmeal, getting some stuff for my wife, just laughing my ass off. But yeah, uh, I'm, I'm getting rolled up on this podcast. Good God, bro! How cra- how crazy is that though? Like, so, I got, no, and I got to tell you, so. The other day I was sitting there and I was like, you know what? Let me go through the comments on our stuff. I'm always afraid. I don't know what your audience is like. I don't know what they think of it. And I go through the comments and it's mostly like 
hey, I agree with that guy or, hey, I agree with the guy in the hat. It's mostly if they're negative, they're usually talking crap on you because you're the yeah. guy. That, you know what I mean? So I'm like, okay, cool. And then I pull up the guitar video. I'm like, okay, here's my masterpiece right here. I'm going to own him in here. And I look at if nothing but support. Every comment on that video is, you know, Brian sets Brian. Again, it's just, <laughs> oh, my God. And then Keith is in on the Chuck Berry stuff. Uh, good God. What, what are we going to find out next? I mean, I don't know. I, all I know is that, like, my entire life, I've wanted to be a guy that knew something that was cool and that, like, had like an idea that was a little outside the box, maybe, but that was like, but was right. And you and were I validated. Never and I never have been until now. And I'm like, because I genuinely love those two guitar players. Like, sincerely, man, I just love that that rock and roll lick, dude. That 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 little solo lead, man. It's this everything from Rancid to Chuck Berry to Elvis to. Brian Setzer to Guns N' Roses does it to probably some old Metallica stuff has that same kind of crap. It's just sped up, you know? And yep. oh, yeah. um, so I love that kind of music. And I just thought that that episode was so hard for me, dude, because I really thought I loved guitar players. And I was like, no, I just love a few. And the ones that I love, some of them aren't even necessarily punk rockers. So like, I was in, I felt weird even talking about it. You remember that, dude? I was in a bad yeah, place on that yeah. episode. Yeah, well, and, and now I am. Now I am after this revelation. <laughs> I got to read I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm telling you. I, I literally was like, I hope he didn't see this. I hope he didn't see this. I hope he didn't see this. I wanted so bad to bring this to the table and you'd not, the, the not know that that of all time. This is right now. This is it. This is it. But uh, yeah, I thought that was pretty amazing. So, um, Okay, I'm going to talk about Greg Hetson just for a minute because I, okay. I I did listen to a few things with that guy, but mm -hmm. he's a little less like he's still out there. You can find a lot of information on him, but he's not as uh doesn't talk as much. Yeah, yeah, I think it's just like yeah, he's just a little more chill. I guess is the right word. He's, he's like a nerdy kind of guy when he talks. If you know, yeah, um, I really he, like him. Yeah, he's uh he, and he's done he's done some interviews um over the year. He's he he has his one uh with Fat Mike. It's only like twenty minutes long on Fat That's, Mike's Fat Mike, and that was the one that where he says like yeah, he makes fun of him about the length of the album and talks about you know yeah getting, getting kicked at the uh, Fat Mike jokes about every member of Bad Religion being the most on drugs person he's ever known at one point um in so, time and and so yeah he but he's just not quite the quote you know necessarily and, right like people don't get out of the way for him when he's at the punk rock museum and he's trying to walk by he's bro kind of i still think about that because it was so cool because you looked at me we both were thinking the exact same thing at the same exact time and we, oh. our eyes just lit up and i was like legend bro like that was so rad and that and guy has no idea that he made our day that awesome that day no you know, his, and we were the only giggly school girls in that group we're like right as much as 25 year old kids had no idea who fucking circle jerks even were probably it was a weird weird uh, crowd that that day it was all a bunch of people for the, the when we were young fest you know yeah um and no hate dude like that's cool we need those people um but so in listening to that podcast with fat mike i just the, the this is the one thing i pulled from that that was i thought was amazing is that he said that uh brian baker um uh would be doing coke lines and then sit up and go i invented straight I edge and edge, blow yeah. through a line <laughs> and uh I just thought it was so funny because he said that he would like X up his hands and then go get beer and people would just be freaking out. And he's like, what, dude? Like, I I don't know. I think that I like that because not to be disrespectful to those that choose to live that lifestyle and identify with that and be straight edge. I, Dude, I, I'm sober right now. So I, I am very close to that. I just don't ever want to put a label like that on myself because I don't mm -hmm. think that's just not who I am. Yeah. But I don't want to like dog anybody. But I do think it's pretty funny for the guy that basically – was a big portion of inventing that 
dude, let the guy do what he wants, man. Like he's got, you know, you can't, what are you going to say to that guy? Like everybody, people change, people grow. Maybe he needed to be straight edge when he was 20, but not when he was 40. Like, like, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, and I, I always think of that as more of just an idea than like an actual again, like you're saying, like sobriety. Like I think that's a little bit different than uh the, the straight edge. It's it's funny, the straight edge stuff, like again, like I actually commit like if that's how people's if that's how people don't like abuse substances and stuff, like I actually get that it'd be you know through a musical movement and all that. I just don't like the kind of elitism of it or yeah, the the shame because it, it's not like it's it's not like again. It, it, it's not like the guy is this ma- massive criminal and then is going back to committing his crimes or something like that. He just right. said he didn't want to do drugs or alcohol and then decided to, ha- you know, legally and safely decided to have some alcohol. Like, I just don't think that's where we need to spend our energy sort of like being angry at people. I, ne- I never really understood that in that whole moment. Well, risking some hatred from anybody that is straight edge, you know, getting pissed about this, but it's, all the militant straight edge stuff is real dumb. And it's just as dumb as spiky jackets and mohawks. So if those mm-hmm. kids want to talk shit about street punk kids, because they do, oh, yeah, it's just as stupid. And I have no qualms with the fact that my style and the people that I run around with look a little goofy sometimes. I like it. I am mm-hmm. comfortable in these clothing. I I enjoy dude. That's why we did it when we were 17. We wanted people to look at us. That's the same exact reason we do it when we're 47. It's exactly mm-hmm. the same. There is no difference. People would, at this age, it's just like, no, I want to be the dad at the PTA meeting that looks crazy. But back then it was like, I want to be the guy at work that looks crazy. It's mm-hmm. all, it's all, it's, it's all a shock value thing. And the straight edge thing is I, w- I don't know how to control myself. So I'm going to be straight edge so that I can go out there and beat up kids that are drinking a beer, or smoking a cigarette. And it's like, you know, I knew a lot of straight edge kids that were cool, but I knew far more of them that were assholes. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think it's very funny that they're, you know, hero guys out there like, no, man, ain't that serious. <laughs> I well, think even, that's great, dude. Even Ian, I think, is sometimes, like, misunderstood. <clears throat> like, I, I think he's taken, like, because I think Ian's, like, a true believer, but, like, Ian doesn't, like, can you imagine Ian, like, harassing someone and telling someone off about, like, their... Well, like, that, no. well that's that's kind of my point, is that the ideal of straight edge is wonderful. The, 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 where it came from is beautiful, but, like, what it became was gnarly. And uh, when you said true believer, every time you say those two words... You can cue up the bouncing souls in my head, dude. Like every single time, every dude. I'm a true believer. Oh, I could be at like a church service and hear that those two words, and da da da. And I'm like, oh, I gotta stop thinking of bouncing souls right now. But uh, no, I don't. Bouncing souls rule. Good song, yeah. It is a very good song. So I got a funny story. So straight edge guys take that shit so seriously that shout out to my boy Gabe Wells, dude. Like that's my dog, man. I've known this guy since high school, but he has this big ass tattoo on his back, and it's like this eagle. I think it's clutching like a Texas flag in one hand, and I don't, I don't know. It might be just a whole Texas flag in his like in his claws, but right in there is these three big chrome X's. Right, this dude was straight edge for a long time. And I very much remember the night that I came home from work and he was blacked out drunk on their back patio with no shirt on, slumped over like this with a handle of vodka in his lap. And I mean, out, dude. I'm like, Gabe, Gabe, screaming at this dude. And he's just like snoring, right? Wakes up the next day, dehydrated, hungover, sunburned. I remember that, dude. And I remember that this is the guy, like that's that day is when I knew everybody breaks that shit, dude. Like, and it's and, it, and that's not even that shouldn't be that big a deal. Like it just shouldn't. If you live like that because it helps you for a while, more power to you. But if you decide it's not for you anymore, 
more power to you. I just thought it was funny that I was I witnessed somebody actually go through that. And I had no idea it was happening, man. I was like, all of a sudden, I come home and he's just like, oh, he's no longer straight edge. And I was like, what? Like, I mean, it was like, because I was young. Dude, I was like maybe 20. So it was real serious. I was like, is he okay? Like, what's going on, dude? But really, he just wanted to party, you know? I, but, I, I, uh, I one last. I always find it funny in the, the world of pro wrestling, the character CM Punk, he decided like, how am I going to be a bad guy? Well, let me be a straight edge, and that was exactly his wrestling character. Is and wait his catch seriously? His, his catchphrase was "straight." I'm straight. Straight edge means I'm better than you, and he would just chat. So he would he would feud with like older wrestlers and say, "You're just like my dad. You're a freaking alcoholic. You've wasted your whole life," and just like shaming people all over the place. And straight edge means I'm better than you. Huh? Yeah, that was that was that was the catchphrase, and it would just because even if people didn't know like straight edge punk, you knew that type of mentality of people. Yes, and it was like perfect. It was like what what a place to to come from. Like who. Who are the kind of most disliked people in these in these groups? It's generally the straight edge. It's like it's like, you know because they're they're the biggest tryhards in every group. Is the straight edges? Let's be honest. You're not wrong, but that was uh, eerily familiar. <laughs> like I'm straight edge, so I'm better than you. Yeah, it's he like, was yeah, it. Straight edge means I'm better than you. Like it's, it's great. Hey, and, and on the flip side of that coin, dude, shout out to Daniel Truth, GAMC man, long time uh, front man for Die Young, dude. That guy is one of the coolest straight edge guys that I've ever met. And yeah. I believe he's vegan too, and he's super rad. He's super, yeah. super nice guy. So, like, there are great people in every circle. I just, want, but I do have to poke fun at those guys because I've known more people to break edge than I did that were actually straight edge. Yeah. So we spend most of the show making fun of drunks. To be, but to be fair, so yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I make fun of myself every episode. Like, <laughs> I'm a giant <laughs> idiot most of the time. I do this to have fun and to entertain people, and for nothing else. There is no other reason. Maybe, maybe a slight bit of education in there, like. Uh, but I educate myself as much as I do anybody else. Mm -hmm. So I do this for fun, for entertainment, and we love our audience even when they give me some shit. Like you said, whenever all the comments that are negative are geared towards me, like I, I don't have a problem saying something that I either missaid or misremembered. I don't yeah. edit that shit out. And people, that's what I always get crap for. Oh, you said this and you're wrong. I'm like, yeah, I just misspoke, dude. Like, I'm sorry. Or yeah, I, just, I didn't know. Like, I, it is what it is. Like, I don't know everything. <laughs> I'm not an authority on anything. So... It'd be better if you knew everything, though. I, I think our life it would be, be better, but it everything. would be very. That's that's a burden I don't want to have to carry it's around, man. All, all, all of knowledge, yeah, that would kind of suck. Okay, so a question for you about Greg Hudson. So, what do you know huh? about the situation between him and Bad Religion? I hear that he got the uh, Tim Armstrong treatment by Brett, but that he wasn't actually taken care of on the back end. Like they said, like yeah. if you get a year sober, we'll take care of you. And I, I heard that he didn't get any royalties that he. Was supposed to get or payment or what do you know anything about this and I'm, the, the, the what same, i said was yeah basically what what you are saying and that and i've only, okay. I've, only I've only heard it from Hetson's side so that side of it is the only right, side right. of it that's not there. so okay. even, in, even in the bad religion book they there, there's like two sentences about Hetson's departure from the band it just said oh man know, declining performances uh this and that and a need to get help um unfortunately and sadly for bad religion fans it was time for hetson to depart or something like that like they don't really address it in the okay. in the biography so that's Man, really it was yeah and then like i remember at the time hetson would go on uh it was actually a sports talk show in la that he would just he would just kind of be on every now and then and, and like they <laughs> asked him, like are you still like the the guitarist in bad religion and, and he would say yes and then he'd have him a few months later and he said i don't know was kind of his wow. response. So it seemed like I think that was kind of a lack of communication uh, that started as yeah. again, according to Hetson's side, and then kind of build into like we're just in different camps now. But I don't, I mean, I don't know. Hetson's a big part of that band's like explosion again. Like he's actually the missing ingredient. If you look at it, what changed in their sound? Well, maybe because they added 
this guitarist that was in this band that was very melodic in that scene and added that whole edge to them and that whole you know run from suffer all the way to you know true north i think it is that's all the heads and era the heads and eras and in all of that so he's an extremely important part of that band as well and it just it ended ugly and you know i've never felt it great did. about that but i don't know exactly what happened because i've only got that one side of it so i don't i don't really know but i don't right. i don't like i kind of don't like it either way because it seems like because some right. people got people got hurt with it it seems like either way so i don't love it. well i'll say it like this i, I it is speculation because we're only getting one side of the story but I did look into it like a slight bit and I wasn't finding them saying otherwise. And that tells me a lot too. Yeah. Uh, and so it seems to me like he kind of got a raw deal. Like mm-hmm. everybody was doing drugs back then in that band, except I think. Uh, well, well, no, this is 2013 when this happened. So they're all like grandpas at this point. Like, oh shit. This was that late. I don't yeah, it was earlier than that. So I think, so there's also a possibility. Yeah. No, this is totally I mean, from the guy that's not a huge Bad Religion fan. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, just, th- I did, didn't know it was that late. And again, at that point, they had like they had already gone through like the last one to get sober but was like, like Jay in the early 2000s. So what I what I'm going to say about that is I, the only thing I could see maybe giving some daylight to Bad Religion is or is Hetson wasn't actually aware of how like inappropriate his behavior had become in that stuff. Or sure. Now that not. I can that's a possibility with. as well too. Again, realizing that you guys are like hitting their 60s and this is the time period that this is well. Uh, going down you know my, my only my only response to that would be that you're now given this is coming from a extreme drug addict at one point mm-hmm. in my life uh to the degree that i still count my years of sobriety you know and it's been a decade so yeah obviously that was a big part of my life but it seems to me like if if he was still using when they weren't but they also did for a long time that they have no business judging the guy so Maybe not wanting him in the band is appropriate because it's a job at that point and his his performance and his behavior is affecting your pay and your reputation. Yes, but if you're going to take that from him and you offer some kind of financial uh, like severance package or uh, security, you know, hey, look, we got mm-hmm. you for the next 18 months as long as you're doing okay, and then you don't come through on that. I just think that's kind of rough. yeah. It, it seems like they should have just fired him then, if that was the case, right? Like in, yeah, like I, I hate that been. fake kindness stuff. Like we're gonna be there for you, man. It's like if you get locked up, and I've been there, I've been in this place too. You get locked up, and your friends like, man, I'll come visit you every week, and then after three or four weeks, you don't get a visit. Don't tell me you're gonna be there if you're not gonna be there. Mm-hmm. Like just don't don't make the promises if you can't keep them. It's like my kids tell me they're gonna clean their damn room and then don't doing it. Don't tell me you're going to do it. And then not do it. Just don't talk about it. It's easy to keep your mouth shut. Like, I hope your kids watch this portion of the podcast. That way they can. Oh, dude, they could probably hear me right now. Yeah. They better not clean their kids. damn room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's one of those things like it's, it's because they were too afraid of. They, they Okay. It was one of two things. They were either afraid of hurting his feelings. They just wanted to be the good guys or they should have been doing that to him to begin with and they knew it so they had to come up with a you know make themselves feel a little bit better well we're going to take mm. care of him and i don't know this is all speculation but that's the way i yeah I'm, I'm on his team based on the fact we have a lot of similarities in our past but mm. i don't actually know so if i was to come out and find out oh no he was just a raging asshole for all these years and we all hated him we were just trying to get him out of there oh uh, you know what there's that too you know that that could yeah. be uh, but yeah, he does seem a little sour on it, though. If you, if you he, listen to him, he, he, he feels like he was not 
supposed to be out of bad religion with that. I and I think it, I think the incident, the specific incident, was he was being uh, harassing st- like crew members and stuff like that, or something like that. He, um, yeah, his, the way he said it is that he was in the back of a venue and like got pissed off because they had pizza like six days in a row or something. He's like, I can't eat this shit every day, and threw a bottle. And as soon as he threw it, he was like, oh, I knew what I did then. But like, uh, yeah, okay. He's got a good point though. Like, you can't eat pizza every day. It's gonna drive you nuts. Like, if you, especially when you get back to this cold, it's not even like if you're getting like hot, fresh, oven-made pizza every night. Okay, you really can't complain about that. But you're coming back to a room, a green room with a stack of pizza boxes, probably three hours old, like mm-hmm. every single night of a tour. Like that is gonna get old. And if you're right. an addict, that's gonna drive you nuts, dude. It will. But no, uh, it, not, yeah. not not a good reason to throw a bottle though. So yeah again and again it's that whole thing is i wish they would just like i wish bad religion would talk about it like honestly like i would love like a full documentary like a 30 minute 40 like, minute thing yeah, where i could yeah, just so like what happened to hetson like someone that's a video that needs to come out like someone that does the actual work like what happened to the end of Hetson? yeah i i would love to get some uh you know information from the heads of that table but uh likely won't you know what i'm saying no yeah i don't think so so not the type to want to like slinging mud too either like they're not gonna yeah yeah and and if that's what's gonna happen we don't need it but if they can sit down and talk like adults that would be amazing to hear it but yeah he seems to be real sarcastic and a little bitter about it and i i kind of like that because he's not oh it's okay we're friends now he's like nah that's some bullshit like Mm -hmm. (laughs) i like reality man i like reality is a scary place but it's also where i live i reside in reality so that's real life that's relationships and that's kind of how that yes all right everybody has those ups and downs man eventually we will you know i'm I'm assuming we're gonna make it through that but like friends be, have bad days sometimes like mm-hmm. it just is what it is hell the other week we almost had it when i couldn't articulate my thought i was getting frustrated and it seemed like i was talking to or about you i wasn't i was getting irritated with myself but it didn't come off like that necessarily like i edited that i don't edit much of our podcast man mm-hmm. i was kind of embarrassed by that i was like oh i sound like a dumbass like <laughs> i just i was like nope this ain't going in there man i just i I couldn't get it out of my head. It took me like 45 minutes to say what I was trying to, uh, what I was thinking. And that's then, and funny because there's references to that on the show, but no one knows yes. that, the first yes. part of what we're talking about. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, but, um, you know, I, I don't know that we'll ever get to the point where we're like, oh, fuck you, but it might be like disagreeing <laughs> on something, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you're in a band with somebody, you're you're around each other a lot. You, li- you live together. Like, I always think yeah. the band dynamics are like, think about being in a relationship, but like even more intense and more like, you know, at least eventually you guys have different like restrooms theoretically, like in your house and stuff like that. Right. You are literally living in a car with someone. Dude. You're uh, in a vehicle with someone all the time. Like, come on. I don't even want to take my kids to the grocery store, like in my car. Yeah, like, be, like it's so I'm like, much, I need more right, space. Right, right. Every, every every dad knows the thing when you're just you get home, the kids are coming, you're like, I just want to go to the bathroom. Right? Dude. But imagine it's that, but it's Keith. It's Keith you're having to deal with, and you just want to go yeah. to the bathroom. <laughs> right dude I, I i need to go back and learn a little bit more about the other members of the band because we only talked about keith and then a little bit about greg but there was well, other people in that band yeah luck, lucky lair is he's a freaking attorney man <laughs> he's, a, he's awesome so weird <laughs> yeah yeah That's he's like so strange virtuoso uh drummer they have chuck they got uh the one dude that passed away um i can't think of uh, uh of his name and then they have they have a few different members of Megadeth from over the years that have stopped. Yeah, off dude, that done. is so strange. Uh, but, In the best it, way. Yeah, Chris, Chris Poland just kind of made his way through there. Like they've had a ton of members that have, have come in 
Um, and then they were really benefited by their relationship with the director, Alex Cox, the guy who directed Sid and Nancy. He was a okay. big fan of Circle Jerk. So they have um, one, like one of his films, they've got like four songs on there on nice. like, the soundtrack. And that was a big part of them actually uh, funding the part of the band. And one of the guitar players uh, they have was actually like an extra in one of Alex Cox's movies and just happened huh. to be a punk rocker. And he like, he like set them up uh, together. And he's That's the guitarist awesome. on, those, on those last That's two albums. That's pretty cool. Well, you know, when I was listening to their songs, like like I said, man, I owned two of their records. Yeah. But I am certain that I had a mixtape that somebody gave me that wasn't really labeled anything but like punk mix or something like that. Mm-hmm. That had a large amount of Circle Jerk songs on the B side. Like I think like like it might have been like a combination of Circle Jerks and Black Flag or something. Because Dude, I'm telling you, there were songs that I had no real idea why I knew them other than I think I heard them on a cassette in the 90s. And so I I got a few tapes over the years that were really important to me. And they were all ones that weren't really labeled very well, but I mm-hmm. had them in a little box and uh, they were in clear, you know, little cases like this. It's so bad that I had this at hand like that. Uh, I have too many cassette tapes, but they were like in these little clear cassette boxes like this, but they didn't have any paper with them. It was just the tape. Yeah. Were they pressed actually, or they would taste? No, no, no. These were like tapes somebody made at their house. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, yeah, they were mostly on like Memorex cassettes, 60 minute, 90 minute cassettes. Yeah. So you don't know the specific bands and stuff. So so I have no idea. Yeah. In listening to this, I think some of them, I think one of those tapes had a bunch of circle jerk songs on it because it was all like minor thread. Uh, is it, uh, DOA, SOA, uh, Black Flag, Minor Threat, uh, yeah. Is it that four, that four, that four, uh, four band split compilation? It was, I think that was on one side of it. It was, or was it, is it DOA or DRI was maybe on that? I can't remember, man. It was a four band split album. It's very famous. Uh, let's see. Four band split punk LPs. I bet if I just give me a second to look at this up, it'll probably take me one second to find out. It was very famous. It was a, it was like an all old hardcore split. Oh man, I'm just driving me nuts. Uh, let's see, because it was a big deal, and I had it for a long time. Damn, this is gonna drive me nuts. I had it. Me and Chris Clink talk about it in Austin because it was a. LP that I that one of us picked up and I was like, oh, I had that on CD and he was like, oh, I had it on vinyl. But anyways, um, they I think that's what the A side was and then the B side was just a bunch of shit they put on there. But the same guy that gave me that tape gave me the very first tape that I ever got like that and it was like old less than Jake, the Mister T experience, the mm-hmm. Queers, uh, Operation Ivy. It was like. If you're going to listen to anything poppy at all, this is like the gold standard on that tape, dude. Pretty foundational for what you like yeah. at pop punk, right there. No, yeah. Dude, exactly right. It's exactly what I listen to. Operation Ivy, Ramones Core, and Less Than Jake. That's exactly your pop punk. Yeah. Bro, it's wild how much that shaped my, my ideas of what's good to this day. I think about that tape all the time, dude. If I had a million dollars and I could get that tape, I would trade that million for that Find tape. It. Oh. oh bro i wish i had that i even remember what it looked like dude it was a clear tape but it was like a smoky clear mm. and they had put like a the wrong color like a little sticker strip thing on there and it said like mm. punk rock ska mix or something like that on there 
And then that thing was like yellow and pink from the Memorex tapes. It was like the wrong, it wasn't the right. The one, the, the, sticker, like, like, the sticker went on the wrong one. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. They kind of labeled it because it was there. Dude, I had that thing for so many years. I gave it to my sister and she listened to it. And then we gave it. There's a there's a guy in Chicago named Steven that plays in a few bands. I don't I'll I'll try to get the names of the bands and, and talk about them on a show one of these days, but he's my brother's cousin, and those tapes made their way to him. And so mm. I'm directly responsible for him becoming this musician, and he's fantastic. And so like it makes me feel good to know that those tapes made it to him, and then he used that to then become this musician. That's what he does yeah. with his music. And uh you know, I've, I've been told by a few people like, yeah, you got me into this being punk. And I think that's pretty amazing to be the, the guy that was uh, ushering in a, you know, whatever number of people, whatever you want to call it, a little group of people. There's a little handful of people that I brought along with me that that, that are still around, still relevant. Yeah, I, I, there's a guy that makes his living full time as a, as a musician and will say he got into his friend who liked punk rock that passed him the CDs at school. And that's, you know. That's, that's what you? he does for yeah that was me that, yes, that's it's not and it's what it's just like oh crap i was like the cool kid who was showing on the music but he was actually the i'll say true believer because he actually went out there and did it he went on tour and he like he's still doing it he doesn't really do punk rock but in the in his bio on his back cap stuff grew up in punk bands but i was like oh yeah grew up in punk bands. that was my punk band was the first one you were in like, dude that's awesome that's, that's cool like um Music is very uh, connective like that. And it's, it's something like you, and that's, what's great about like what we talk about this stuff is you have to find it somewhere. It, it didn't always just kind of come to you. So you, it's these relationships and these finding the tapes and these artifacts, like you were saying, where you, you come up with like, I think, I think a circle jerks. I remember, uh, remember you, there was those old school hip hop uh, cassettes that would come in. There were like old English writing and there would be like comps that would come out and they would say old school jams, volume one, volume two. Well, there was like a punk oh, yeah. series of that. And I got the punk one. That's why I heard Suicidal Tendencies, uh, Black Flag. Oh, really? Basically, all that California punk was on that, which is basically, I think that company probably just did a lot of like what they considered like street music. And so yeah. they, they put on hip hop, they put on punk rock. And it was it was perfect. It was cassette is even in like the later 90s that were still coming out because cassettes uh, were still kind of going. There's something about hearing punk rock on cassette that just oh pretty awesome isn't it yeah no I, I i still enjoy cassettes sincerely like it's not a fad to me man i really like yeah. cassettes a lot um dude so i emailed greg hudson so i've uh -huh. already reached out to him okay uh vinny stigma accepted my like invitation to talk on facebook so i'm gonna try to get him on the show i don't know if that's gonna work out or not but the guy's a legend man um i met a guy at my store the other day he was walking around looking at tapes in my shop and i was like hey man cool shirt it was just this old like pearl snap red shirt but it was like really unique like i just thought it looked awesome mm -hmm. and in my head i was like that guy either likes rockabilly or punk like there's no other way he likes anything other than that turns out all of the above but mm -hmm. uh uh his name's andrew and he was in a band called steadfast and he knows some of my friends from austin i just wanted to shout him out man oh, nice. his band's that, that, uh, that band's really good so He's going to bring a record up to the shop for me to check out uh, next weekend, hopefully. So, yeah, man, listening to all this stuff from these old school dudes and getting to know them is, I don't know, man, I, I say it's a privilege, man. I'm so happy to be able to learn this stuff, even at a later age. I, when I was younger, I just didn't care to know it, man. I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't understand why that's looked at as a negative thing, but it really is. Do people give me a mountain of crap for this stuff? But, uh, I think it's people who are still into punk rock at the age that we are tend to like have that sort of attachment to it in that way. I think 
Whereas you're very much in the moment still, even though like, that's like true. You're, like you're not weird about it. You know what I mean? Like you're not like inappropriate about it. You're like the weird kid in the mosh pit with like 15 year olds, but you give everything it's fullest of chances and opportunities in the moment. And I think a lot of us sort of hang on to these moments of time or these other artifacts and sort of like, we sort of go deep. It's like, we're still going to be into it. We're going to like sort of go this kind of way. And you, you sort of are in that, like that sort of state that I think a lot of us wish we could sort of stay at all the time in I, a lot of ways. I got, I got to say, man, I, I, I appreciate you saying that. I, I really do, man. I, I, I take pride in the fact that I don't really hang on to, I often tell people like, Part of it's my memory issues, so I don't even think of old stuff because I don't, that's just not how I operate. Mm. But uh, I tell people, like, dude, yesterday was yesterday, man. Like, I'm looking at right now. Yeah. Not even tomorrow necessarily, like to a degree, but I'm, I'm right now. No, you're, very, I, you're I, in the moment. Yeah. You're just and kind I, of I, I like that you noticed that because I don't really think about it often until somebody points it out or if it just becomes something I have to think about. But uh, I, I do work hard at just kind of being there for like, because, you know, talking about these old bands is great, but there's a new crop of bands out there that need attention, and there's new artists that need uh, views, and they need streams, they need coverage, they need promotion. As a fan, you're not a nostalgia actor. The way we talk about these bands, like, are they going to be nostalgia? Are they going to move on? As a fan, you're like, no, no, give me... That's why you still know a lot about these bands later catalog because you still you're like you're not even going to accept them being a nostalgic act like you're right. No, I like yeah, it, it is funny because I do like a lot of the older bands' modern music, which uh, a lot of people don't like right. that. Yeah, you um, give it I as like, much of a chance as anything else in the. I catalog. try. Yeah, part of it's that I lucked out, man, with that like five year hiatus that I took from music is because that's part of why. Mm -hmm. So I have this like little bit of catch up feeling so, going so, on. I'm like, I gotta go back and find yeah. out what I missed, you know. And that gives me the opportunity to re-listen to stuff. So, like when an album came out in 2016, I didn't even know because I wasn't in it at that point. Mm -hmm. So, to me, I didn't get to hear it and be jaded and dislike it because it was a new album from a band that I only wanted to hear the '90s stuff from. I just never even got it. So when I get when I get it, I'm already in the frame of mind like, well, it's just an old album at this point. What is it? Let me hear it's it. Part of the back so, catalog. Yeah. 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 It's funny how your own context messes things up. Like there's certain things that you, that like I've never given a chance to because like, oh, it just wasn't cool at that time or whatever. It's like, right. It's, it's the funny thing. And as you get older, it's, that's what, that's the flip side of technology. It's, it's all kind of there. So when I just decide I want to like study something or want to dive into it, like it's there, yes. right? Like, like again, Javi, if you didn't really listen to uh, Circle Jerk's a little bit different, like Descendants, if you didn't know them, that'd have been hard to acquire all that music on your own to do that research. Man. That's how hard that would have been. Yeah. We couldn't have done something like this. No. back in back in that time man it just no. wouldn't have happened Efficiency but i i will say that for for all the all the crap that i say i'm giving on this channel i, I do got to say that there are a, a fair amount of people that really support the fact that i'm very transparent mm -hmm. and that i'm just trying to have some fun and for every one of those people that watch this video this channel whatever man it's so it means so much to me like it, it bro a year ago man i was barely meeting you and I was doing a whole different channel, and I thought that was going to be my career, man. I was on my way to 30,000 subscribers. I was, you know, this was just something I wanted to do for fun. And yeah. then I never thought I was going to do another channel. I did the channel for like a, what, about a week? And I was like, oh, shit. I don't think I can do that other channel anymore. I just, I feel like a fraud. Like, I just, it was so, like, serendipitous how that happened. And then I, I just was like, ooh, I got to start over again. This sucks. And I was like, well. I guess worst case scenario is I could just leave that channel up. If I don't like this in two or three months, I can just go back to doing what I was doing. And 
I'll go, no, I learned that I do want to do it this way. It, it took me like not even a month. And I was like, oh, yeah, I don't give a shit about that other channel like I thought I did. Again, you're in the moment, right? You're just like, no, this is what I'm doing right now. This is. Yeah. yeah. I, I will say I, I left the other channel up and I still go visit it frequently because I didn't want to bail on the people. There's mm -hmm. a lot of kids that I talk to on that channel. So uh, for anybody that sees this that knows me from over there, I never stopped reading the comments. I never stopped reading the Instagram messages and DMs. I still get DMs all the time. So. Uh, you guys are very important to me. Um, it helped me learn how to do this. It helped me learn how to be a creator, how to learn how to make videos. Learn. I learned how to like, I got through my angry, I'm going to do what I want stage on a different channel. So mm. when I got here, I was already like, no, I want to just you, do stuff. You don't, you don't feel boxed in by the parameters of that channel. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And so like, well, because over there I would say things like, I don't know, I would, I would go and be like, okay, I have to cover this little peep song because everybody's asking me to do so and then i would listen to it and i felt obligated to be nice about it and blah 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 blah. well i also did things like i said certain things about certain artists over there that wasn't nice but i still stand behind what i said i didn't i really said anything that i would take back mm -hmm. but i learned how to do it better i learned how to do this better i'll give you an example the strung out video a lot of people hated that video that i did uh cages mm -hmm. Oh, well, if you go back and look at that video, I was incredibly nice about a song I thought was garbage. So, but I learned how to do that. So I was okay with the fact people were getting upset with it because I knew I didn't actually do anything wrong. Whereas on the other channel, I, I know I said some things that were out of pocket, but I still, mm -hmm. there were things that I meant and I stood behind them, but I could, dude, it's all about delivery, man. The message might be all right, but if the delivery is all wonky, people are going to hate you for it. So, mm -hmm. uh, at least on this channel, I, I, I came here a little bit more learned and a little bit more experienced. And I, yeah, this is weird, man. I love this shit, dude. I'm so happy. Not even a year old yet, dude. That's crazy. Actually, man. I wonder, I wonder what, I wonder what my, my oldest punk rock video was on this channel. I wonder if there's a way to find that out. I guess, I guess I can go to like filter and go, oh yeah, here we go. Filter date. Okay. Let's see. Let's go down to. Wow, my very first video on this channel for punk rock content was a Days and Days video of them playing Misanthropic Drunken Loner in Houston. That was, yeah, April, dude, yeah. April 27th, bro. Mm, I remember you going, like when I started, like I just got your phone number and you were telling me about going to that show that Saturday. Yep, we barely knew each other, man. Like, yeah, dude, like so... And then I did the 10 stories high album review for that doom regulator. Yeah, bro. So like, we're not, we're, we're still pretty long ways away from a year. So I'm very proud of where this channel has gone. I'm proud of being your friend and I'm proud of all the progress we've made together. So mm -hmm. I think we did find something cool here. I, I, I don't know that this was something either of us had anywhere close to our plans. So, yeah, no, it's just, and it's like, it's a fun where we sort of deep dive into a punk rock topic and it's, it's consistent. Well, I, I like it. This is the cornerstone of both of our channels, I would say, at this point. Yeah, for uh, sure. I, I literally didn't do much this week because I knew I had this coming. And I was like, it's, this is going to be a good video. This. Yeah, because I, I, I can like, get out. If I'm not making content, I can get out my thoughts on the circle jerks and descendants here. Like, you know what I'm saying? Do it. Yep. And if nothing else, it'll be a long-form conversation that I can put up on multiple platforms. And uh, I'll have other stuff coming, but I, I'm working on some other things. But I have kind of slowed down the daily content and I'm trying to work on more quality stuff and dropping just maybe one or two things a week now. Mm. Uh, now if something pops up a new song by rancid or something, or, or some news on the, on the, on the no effects tour or something like that, I'll cover that. Of course I will. But, um, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't, 
I don't want to do stuff like cover MGK just to bash him. I don't want to do that, man. Like, I just don't have the time. Mm-hmm. I did that a little bit at the very beginning, and I was like, I really quickly was like, I don't, I don't want to, I just don't have the energy, dude. Like, because I don't care about that guy. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't have any bad feelings either. Like, I wish him well, dude. Like, do your thing, bro. Like, but my opinion of him is pretty negative. So, like, I don't want to be like, you know, sitting yeah. here trashing the guy for no reason. It just well, seems kind of pointless. Like, more like thoughtful than just sort of. Right. That's, going yeah, into- yeah. I want stuff that's evergreen, bro. I want these videos to be good in two years. Also, mm-hmm. on the flip side of that, MGK, I do want to give credit where it's due. He did a song. I think it's called Let Me Go. It's like a rap song. That's what I want him to do. That was a great song. It was a great song. Uh, so shout out to that song being awesome. I was a fan of his rap before he did anything pop punk. So, uh, <clears throat> yeah, man. Fuck yeah, dude. So, okay. Next week, we're going to be talking Rancid. I know you guys are super excited. We never cover that band. And it's uh, just... Never. It was, we, 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 we have to get around to covering Rancid. They we, they have earned a little bit of our time. Uh, yeah, maybe in like another three or four years, we'll cover another Rancid topic or something but yeah i'm, I'm sure do... we won't come up with like another way to shoehorn a full granted episode <laughs> absolutely bro so what we've decided to do anybody still watching the video at this point listening to the podcast is that we're going to do our top 10 rancid songs at the beginning of the video we're going to try to make that kind of a quick list maybe give it like the first 30 45 minutes and then the the bulk of the video maybe the first 30 minutes the bulk of the video will be the top three songs from each album so we can dive into every album on their uh in their discography and uh you know maybe at some other point we'll, we'll do a, a re uh ranking list of all the albums because i think mine's changed a little bit since i did that video <clears throat> i think that's a yearly video you could do because and, it's, yeah it's, we've it's never done a... that together either so we'll need a we need to do one as oh a podcast. damn we've each we each have one on our channels but we we've never dude done one i didn't even realize that that wasn't with you yeah, we've never done one. We've, got, we've ranked like everything around it. We ranked every band around them. We've never <laughs> That's funny. Them. We've done well, every yeah, other so, topic on them, but we just yeah. Right, we're like top ten Tim Armstrong tattoos, like everything. <laughs> like, <laughs> what's your favorite Lars Richardson head tattoo? Uh, I like the K and skunks. <laughs> right, <laughs> but uh, so yeah, get ready for some rancid content, but. The following week, man, like, so the week after my birthday, we're going to talk Ramones. And I'm very excited about that because I love the Ramones, but I like the bands that they spawned more than I like the Ramones. I don't even know why. I like the Ramones fine. I like them, but I just, I guess it's more of an era thing than a band thing. And Mm -hmm. so I get to learn a lot about that band and I'm going to let Rob kind of take the lead on that one. Yes, I, I got a, you. I got a kid named after the Ramones. So yeah, I was gonna say so because you, you've you've already got a lot of that, uh, you know, going on, and so I'm very excited for the next two weeks. This will be a lot of fun. And since we've already got them planned out for the next two weeks, I think this is going to be just a great couple of podcasts for you guys. So it, it really is. It's this is going to be like the I, I'm going to say right now is like the best stuff we've ever had planned are going to be these next two episodes. This was good too, but like as far as like what we're putting into it, this is like. If you're Dude. here for us, if you like our stuff, these next two weeks are the two different flavors that we like to hit. I agree. And I think that if you go back in a few years and you look back at where did we hit our stride and where did the uh, you know trajectory of our career in this space, where did it start to take a more you know severe incline push? I think it would be february 2024 is going to be that point where it's like oh man the spring of 2024 those guys really took off so uh I've, i'm very excited because i thought we were doing this a year ago and this happening now and i'm like oh shit so another year 
we might be having another like really great push for mm -hmm. more stuff. So if you have any ideas about content you want to throw our way, please let us know. I, honestly, sometimes we struggle to come up with ideas because yeah. we get busy with other things. And so we're like, oh, I didn't even think about it. That was my response when you said, hey, what do you think for this week? I'm like, I don't even know. I wasn't even thinking about it yet, to be honest. And, you know, luckily we've done this a long time. So we kind of are able to come up with a quality, you know, mm. uh, subject. So, mm. yeah, if you have ideas, requests, concerns, whatever, man, especially if you're a patron member, if you're a patron member, by all means, dude, you can let me know and I will expedite that. I will get it done quickly. So, uh, yeah, everybody out there, man, I love you guys. Rob, you got anything else you want to talk about before we go? No, man, just uh, keep the keep the flame burning strong, man. Absolutely, man. Well, it's good seeing you, brother. Uh, yeah, I guess I will let you know tomorrow night how the Alkaline Trio show goes, and I'll send you some footage. What was the song you said they never played that you never heard them play live? Uh, Fuck You, Aurora. Yeah. Okay, so assuming they play that song, I will get footage, and I will have that up for you to watch. Um, so you'll be there in spirit with me, dude. So everybody, thank you so much, man. Don't forget to go check out his channel, too, please. Uh, the Punk Ots, go check it out. Subscribe. At some point, you're going to all of a sudden be like, oh, crap, this guy's very active. So when that happens, you're going to wish that you were there already. Because I, 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 huh. Yeah, so go check it out. Subscribe to his channel, too. Like these videos. Subscribe to my channel. And please help us get to 4,000, 5,000, and eventually 10, 50, and 100,000 subscribers. I know we can get there. So uh, I look forward to that celebration. Thank you, guys. Love you all, man. Have a great week. Peace.